You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Nexen Tire, we got you. Find out more about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the Nexen Tire Rodian MTX, at NexenTireUSA.com. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Wimby. There will be body damage. Jock. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Jock. Yeah, I don't think so. And well, I think that's a huge deal. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Hi, I'm Chris, and I've been sober. I, oh, sorry. That's a different meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tony, and I have more work to do on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. I now have six more KC Highlight Cyclone V2 lights to install. More lights, Tony? Yeah, more lights. You know, uh, we had so much fun <clears throat> doing the night wheeling uh, at the, the last uh, Jeep Talk Show event. Um, and uh, I just, uh, it, I now understand that the, the, the rock lights are much more important for night wheeling than any amount of forward-facing light that you can have. I still like the the really super bright forward-facing, rear-facing, and a tail all 360 degrees if, I, if you can. Uh, I think that it does have its uh, time and place, but probably not on a trail run for those poor bastards that you're behind. <laughs> probably not. Or it seems like lights are like tattoos, and I'm not a tattoo person, but once you get one, you have to get more. I don't know. It's it's really interesting, and, it, and it's uh, and I've mentioned this before. It's it's just from a from a, a, a being a child. Uh, I just loved flashlights and having that ability to to uh, make the the night visible. And uh, it wasn't like there was a fear involved or anything. And in fact, it was kind of the opposite. I remember being told years later when I was uh, at uh, church camp uh, how I was shining the flashlight in all the big kids' eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought to. I never thought two ways about it. I mean, I guess uh, in my comment uh, many years after that, when hearing this was, uh, and this was one of the, one of the ones that uh, I would shine the light in their eyes. Uh, I was like, I, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I was just, I wanted to see who it was. So you shine their shine the light in their face, see who it is, and then I thought about it. And went well, you know, it was church camp, so I figured there wasn't going to be any beatings ha- handed out. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it was really funny. And uh, they actually sabotaged my flashlight. I know I've told this before, but they actually sabotaged my flashlight with a little piece of paper between the bulb and the contact. Oh, yeah. And I figured that out in about uh, 30 seconds. I remember him saying, he goes, God, you you figured out the problem really fast. It was impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have my flashlight, man. Got to have that thing working. So Absolutely. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I, I... I won't be using the the rock lights that often, but just having them available, uh, honestly, it looked really cool with all the Jeeps that were on the night run. And I know John, uh, Bill, uh, Chuck even uh, had uh, the plastic uh, lights (laughs) on his all-metal Jeep. And uh, just watching them go down uh, the TRO channel, with all those lights on, uh, it just it it was it was neat because you could still see people around. You could still see, and you could see the ground, which is the most important thing about going off on uh, going wheeling. See where the rocks are. See where you need to put your tires. So it uh, it was just kind of one of those aha moments uh, uh, for me. And and yes, it was the first time that I've ever been night wheeling. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, Jeep Podcast, at my mom's house. 
from around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Ideo Jeepers, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and we're going to be talking with Brad. You probably know him by Trail Recon. That's a name that uh, I think everybody's seen on YouTube. If you're a Jeeper and you've watched any uh, Jeep videos, I bet you Trail Recon uh, video pops up on your uh, must-see feed occasionally. Now, Brad, we have had you on the show, even though you've blanked out at least one of them. We've had you on the show twice before. It was uh, episode uh, 402 and 372 and uh, they look like they were both in 2019 but uh, i encourage you guys to go back and listen to both those episodes because there's no telling what's changed since then but i know one thing has changed the number of subscribers is way up i mean i think you uh, have gone almost double what it was in episode 402 i don't have the information here but it seems like you were in the 250 224k uh, range and i checked it bef- just before here on the interview and we're up to uh, a wee. I'm going to take I'm take some of those listeners from you. Uh, the 485, 485. That's almost a half a million. My gosh, Brad, that's great. You got to be happy about that. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. And I, I was sitting here racking my brain. When was I last time? I knew it was t- t- 2019, but I, I can't. I can only remember doing I, the one show. There's I, been so much that's happened between the, now and then. I'm going to have to go back and listen to see. I think, you know, I think I'm going to have to too. And and. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy where life takes you. You know, when you talk about, you know, you know, when I, I remember hitting a, a thousand subscribers and a hundred thousand subscribers, I was blown away. I, I didn't ever wake up one morning and be like, I'm going to be a YouTuber. And so the fact that it's grown and that I have an amazing audience that wants to follow all my adventures and hang out with me in the garage is, uh, I'm just blessed. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to inspire folks to get out there and do stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm just excited for the channel to grow. So, Oh, and congratulations on the, uh, the Red Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you first and foremost, you know, I'm a, a gladiator owner now since, uh, since May and what's the deal with the damn glass? My windshield needs to be replaced and it's got, I got 7,000 miles on, on the gladiator and, uh, and, and it's just, the glass just seems to crack and break. I'm going to, I think I'm going to try gorilla glass. Have you done anything with gorilla glass on any of your Jeeps? Uh, I have Gorilla Glass on the new 392, but I haven't taken a hit yet on it, uh, so I don't, I can't vouch for it. But I can tell you, um, over the over the years, I, I have pro- I'm probably on my eighth or ninth windshield throughout all the vehicles. We just replaced my wife's recently, so I, it's just the angle that they put that thing. It's so yeah, straight yeah. up and down, and they, it's so they, flat too. I mean, the the whole surface is very flat, so it, the the rock really doesn't have any place to go. The energy for the rock doesn't really have any place to go. Yeah, I think if you're if you're ordering a Jeep, you know, the grill glass is like 198 bucks. But if you're going to go, if you get a crack in your windshield, then you go to replace it. I think it's pretty hefty price. So I, I don't know if it's worth doing it. But I think if I was ordering it for the dealer, I would definitely just oh, order it with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, we reported on the, the grill glass being available. I think we actually reported that it was going to be $95. I looked the other day. I was uh, pricing one out for my son. And uh, the add-on was four ninety-five. It, it may be dependent upon the the Wrangler model, though. I don't know, but uh, for the one I was pricing for him, it was uh, five hundred bucks. Uh, so anyway, I, I may be going that direction. So that, speaking of the Gladiator, you had a Gladiator and you modified it quite a bit, uh, and, and and did a lot of off-road, a lot of videos with it. Well, and I'm sure you mentioned this in your videos, but what the hell happened? Why did you not want the the Gladiator anymore? 
I, I, I wouldn't say I don't want it. In fact, out of all the vehicles that have come and gone, I probably missed that one the most. Um, I, I was blessed to get a Gladiator like as soon as they came out. And, uh, and it was really great to get to experiment with that and build it up and, uh, and got to show that off on some great videos. And it was, you know, when you, when you're an early adopter to uh, a new vehicle, a new platform like that, it gets a lot of attention. So it was really good content, but I really enjoyed the Gladiator, the, the ability to just haul a little more gear for overlanding, uh, the long wheelbase just makes it so much nicer on those long trips. Um, but I had, uh, a, a, I had the JK and then I wanted to get a full-size vehicle and it just didn't, uh, a full-size power wagon. And so it just didn't make sense for me to have both a Jeep and a full-size vehicle and then have the truck in between. Cause I was like, well, when do I drive it? When do I not drive it? And so at the time I just decided, you know, I should go ahead and just, you know, sell it and just move on to something else to go back and rewind. I wish I kind of would have kept it. Well, you know, I, I've always said on the show, it's uh, there's two things that are bad mojos about Jeeps and one is selling them. Another one is having a fire pit in the shape of a, a Jeep because that's just bad. That's just a bad idea. <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> that's just wishing, poking the, the wrong thing with Murphy uh, to have a, a, a Jeep fire pit. But anyway, um, so yeah, well, that's great. I mean, and, and I don't think anybody begrudges you about uh, selling the, the Gladiator. Uh, I just begrudge you that you have so many Jeeps, you can't decide which one you're going to drive. Well, I need to put some <laughs> miles on this one today. <laughs> Yeah, I you know I still have the JK, and we've done a lot of work uh, with that thing, and that's that's my favorite vehicle that I have in the driveway. That thing will go anywhere, and I've and I've made so many amazing memories in that vehicle that it's I, I can't ever see getting rid of it. Um, and the other vehicles are just you know they've been fun to kind of experiment with and test out, and you know I I never off roaded a full size vehicle, so the power wagon was fun, and and now I have the three ninety two, which I, I am loving it way way more than uh, I ever expected to. And so, and then my wife still has, she's got her little two-door Jeeps. We, we zoom around in that from time to time. Yeah, I and can't then, remember. And then I have, and then I have a Bronco, but we won't talk about that. Since no, we're no, I, we're definitely going to talk about the Bronco. <laughs> uh, so the, the, now I'm, I may be remembering wrong, but the, is the Jeep new for your wife? Didn't she have something else for a long time while you were doing these videos? And nope, she's, uh, she's got a 2018, uh, two-door JL. So it's a little yellow two-door and, uh, and she loves that thing. So we, that's. That's been in the that's been in the driveway since 2018 when we bought it. Okay, so is it a you got a three six in that or is it one of the little yep. two liter? Okay, good. Yeah, yep. uh, I mean, not to talk bad about you know, it was the two liter or whatever it is the turbo version. Uh, I mean, I've heard good things about that, but I I mean, it's not a 4.0, so I'd at least like for it to be close to a 4.0, even if it's not <laughs> even the same engine. And speaking of 4.0, you're actually a, a prior XJ owner, or at least your son was. Uh, Correct. And, and I, I think you had that uh, the last time we were, were talking, but you uh, that one got sold as well after after you guys did quite a bit of work to it. Yeah. So that we bought a 99 XJ uh, when my twins were in high school and that was kind of there. They shared that vehicle and drove to school and drove the football practice and everything in that vehicle. And, and we would go in the garage and tinker on it. And it was fun. You know, at the time we were just kind of goofing around filming it and uh you know we worked on it quite a bit lifted it and stuff and it it it, uh, it got some damage and we did some repairs on it and uh, eventually one of the my boys joined the navy and the other one uh was working and he was driving quite a ways away and it was just it wasn't it wasn't very reliable it was breaking down on him yeah. all the time and uh just wasn't comfortable good gas mileage and so you know we got him another car and it just sat and sat and sat and i was like 
Well, we, we need to make a decision what we want to do with this. And so actually we sold it and a guy down the street owns it. So I, we see it every day. So I was, and I, and I I was just that. remembering that. That's right. It was somebody down the street. And I bet you they were tickled pink to get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I and if he ever decides to sell it, I hope the first person he asks is me because we probably buy it back. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm sure as soon as it's missing for a few days, you say, hey, hey, where's that Cherokee? Where'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I do have a 74 Cherokee uh, in the garage. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but that's, uh, that has been, I mean, that has been one thing after another with problems, but that's what you expect sometimes with a little classic. So. Right. You know, you, if you really want problems, you should get a Land Rover. Right. Well, yeah, the Cherokee's <laughs> up there with about as many problems. <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned the Bronco earlier, uh, uh, and I don't mean to, I mean, to each their own, uh, but why the hell did you buy a Bronco? I mean, that's not Jeepy at all. It, is that strictly for, for views on YouTube? You can, you, uh, can, you can tell us the truth. Uh, well, so look, I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, the, every, every vehicle is for content, right? Because that's what I do for a living now is I make content. And having a vehicle to talk about and to build up and to off-road is, you know, it's good content. And I, and I wanted to... You know, see what all the hype about a Bronco sure, is. It's sure. exciting that Ford's coming out with something and it's a competitor for Jeep. And so I, I was like, you know what? I'll order one. And and I put this $100 deposit down when you first order one. And this, this was, what, a year and a half ago when I when I put that deposit down. And honestly, up until about two weeks before it arrived, I wasn't going to get it. And uh, I was like, nah, I'm just not going to do it. I don't need it. And uh, And then I test drove one. And, uh, and I was actually way more impressed with it when I test drove it, um, than I expected. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's get this and, and let's, uh, let's see what it can do. And so we have been, we've been, you know, we've been off-roading it pretty good and, uh, and, and there's some pros and cons, uh, to the Bronco. I do not love it as much as my Jeep, but I, there are some things I really like about it. And I think if Ford makes some good improvements on it, you know, going forward, you know, it's got the potential to be a really practical uh, vehicle for folks that you can go off-road and have a great time on the weekends. So, uh, you know, I, I've consistently said the great thing about Ford coming out with the Bronco was it forced Jeep to finally put a V8 in a Wrangler. <laughs> do, do you think that's true? I mean, that's just my, my, my opinion, my feeling. I don't, I don't think that part of it is true because I, I had heard rumors about V8s coming. Um, oh, yeah, since the beginning of time. <laughs> and, and I think it's something they all had on the table. But uh, I think, you know, 35s with the extreme recon package option, I think that might have been a little bit. Yeah, uh, I can hey, see let, that. Let's, let's do this really quick now that the Bronco's out here. I don't know if the V8 was, I think they probably had that on the table ready to go. Um, but I agree. I think the the Bronco coming out is, is really uh made Jeep stop and maybe take pause and, okay, how are we going to uh, continue to compete or now compete with somebody we didn't have to compete with before? So. Right. So, yeah. um, uh, and I don't know that you've ever driven a Toyota uh, off-road vehicle, but how does, uh, and if you don't know, just say so, how does the, the Bronco uh, as a Challenger compare like the Toyota that is a Challenger to the, to the Jeep? Do you think it's above the toyota uh, even with yeah, a toyota or I, I do and and the toyota guys i have lots of toyota followers on the channel and i don't want them to get mad at me but i i've driven a forerunner and i've driven a tacoma and they're great vehicles oh, they and are you, they're very nice you're gonna get amazing reliability with those but i think if i was gonna you know if i was gonna if i walked into a dealer and there was a bronco and a forerunner sitting there uh hands down i think the bronco is a better vehicle Ford, toyota needs to to step it up a little bit to compete um ford did Ford did a good job. That's interesting. I, I like that. I mean, Toyota's been in the game for a long, long time, and and right. and Ford, 
Uh, it's interesting that they, they've come out of the gate so strong, and I really hadn't heard this before. So uh, there always seems to be a Jeep feel. I mean, uh, you know, I've been driving an XJ for 23, 24 years as my daily driver, and then I switched over. Well, we got a, a TJ uh, several years ago, and, and it, was, it, it drove similarly. I mean, the drivetrain is almost identical to the XJ and the TJ. But I was really surprised with the 2021 Gladiator that it, it still had that same jeepy feel and i don't know if it's because of the coil springs or what it was about it but the 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 view from the that i got from the xj was very similar to what i got in the gladiator to me it just seemed jeepy uh and certainly you know a lot about jeeps you've had a lot of different jeeps is the bronco do you get that feel or does it feel like a completely different beast no it it definitely feels different i mean i i drew i took it to texas uh last month uh, for an off-road event and it was a long haul for me and I got to tell you, it's so much more comfortable on those long drives than a Jeep is. I mean, I, I'm not mad about my Jeep. I, I, you know, put lots and lots of miles on in the Jeep, but the seats are not as comfortable as the Bronco and the ride is not as smooth as the Bronco. And so I think those two things right there, when you're making a long haul or just daily driving to and from work, making a commute, can they're, they're a big plus. And I think I, I would like to see Jeep step up the game a little bit on the, uh, on the seats. Uh, but you know, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want a Jeep with a, uh, independent front suspension. No. Please always keep that solid axle and, and I'll, and I'll, I'll compromise with just a little bit rougher ride and a little bit, you know, the steering's not as tight. Uh, but there is something to be said about it when you are driving that Bronco, it's definitely a smoother ride on the road. So do you think the Bronco was a good purchase for you? Uh, I think it was a good purchase. I I've enjoyed it. It's we've made some great videos and had a good time with it. We've got some other things planned that we're going to do with it. Um, and I, I, to go back and do it again, I wish I would have got the hard top and not the soft top, but otherwise, you know, it's, it's good. There's pros and cons with it. I, I, uh, I'm excited to see what other folks start doing with it. I mean, folks are breaking tie rods. So we already know that that's uh, that's a pretty big weakness, uh, but I've taken it on some pretty good trails. And I haven't had any problems yet. Yeah. So, so if you can, uh, if you know, tell us what is the problem with the tie rods? Is it just they're thin or, cause I'd heard there was something as far as the, uh, how they're held in place. And then the, the piece that holds it in place breaks and it kind of slides in or out or something. Yeah. What, from what I've seen, um, it's, uh, it, it's breaking at one point where the tie rod, uh, screws into the big, the longer, stronger housing. And, right. and there's, a, I think there's a weak point there just because that threaded material is maybe just a little thinner. Uh, and seems like that's where it's breaking. I know there's about three companies, I think right now that have, uh, aftermarket, um, replacements for those. And they're not cheap, so. Yeah, well, and and, and I may be wrong, but that just kind of seems to be the the, the sign of uh, IFS. IFS to make it as strong as a simple uh, solid axle, it, you you just can't do it for anywhere close to the, the the cheapness of a solid axle. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely more expensive. But there, one thing that you know just keeps in the back of my head is you know you go to King of the Hammers, and how many of those vehicles are you know independent. <laughs> suspensions now i mean they're they're, they're beefing them up oh um, no so. you can spend enough money to right, make right. ifs strong but that's just kind of the po point you know yeah. you, you can spend a lot of money or you can just go cheap with something that works really well right yeah and for me you know if if something if something breaks on the solid axle on the you know the jeep's axles i just i know how to fix it i know how to jerry yes. i know how to do trail fixes and i worry that if something goes wrong with the with the bronco out on the trail i'm like well i guess i'm going to be learning how to figure this out but at least i have the confidence in a jeep that i know 
you know, if something's not feeling right, I usually know where to look. And if something, you know, if you break something or something's not right, I miss you. Mm-hmm. Kind of know how to fix it. So, so you mentioned uh, earlier about uh, you making your living on the on YouTube, and I wanted to circle back to that. Um, how much of this uh, this massive success that you've had on YouTube? How much does that play into the uh, the the Jeeps and the Bronco that you can bring uh, to the to your viewers? Well, I. We have a lot of followers, but the, the amount of followers doesn't always equate to these massive paychecks. I, I'm blessed that uh, I'm, I did 26 years in the military and, uh, and I retired from the military and I get a, you know, a pension from that. And my wife up until recently worked a full-time job. Um, and so we always had her income and we've, you know, we've made some good decisions over our life. But the, the YouTube revenue has helped uh, to you know, allow me to do this full-time now. And, uh, and I've always been a car guy. I've always had cars in the driveway. Um, now I just have an excuse to have the cars in the driveway and oh, you know, yeah. they're, no, they're, I, it's, they're, it's they're a business. business it's a business. I got to have it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell my wife, you know, that's a business write-off, you know, yeah. it's a tax write-off. And so that's, that's, it is at the end of the day, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I probably don't need as many vehicles as I have, but I just enjoy, you know, experimenting with different things and trying oh, these. No, things. you do. Yeah. You need more vehicles is what you need. I can tell. You're, <laughs> don't tell you're my just, wife that. You're just like me. Uh, well, and if you got the garage space, my God, you keep the garage clean too. I guess that's the, the military uh, that, uh, that taught yeah, you that. Probably. Uh, or uh, beat it into you because that's what they'd have to do to me. I'm I'm just a messy pig when I work on stuff. <laughs> so um, the yeah, and I've, and I've seen some YouTube videos not not from you, but I've seen some YouTube videos where people they have this massive following, but it doesn't really uh, uh, mean that you've like you've got 485,000. You don't have 485,000 views on uh, on your videos. I mean, some are more than that. Uh, some are are much less than or half that. And that's really where you get paid by YouTube is the number of views, I, I would assume. Correct. Yeah. Uh, um, I only wish every video was, you know, 400,000. Uh, that would be having a different conversation. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, you get paid by ad revenue. And so, um, you know, it's for one person that watches a video and an, an ad pops up, it's, you know, it's, it's maybe a cent uh, that, right. for that one person. So when you multiply that times 50,000 or 100,000 or 200,000 views, well, then that amplifies and you get you know, you make some revenue on that. And the good thing is, is that, you know, a lot of the videos that we've made over the years uh, are evergreen. So people are going back and watching uh, some of the older videos. And so those still, you know, uh, they're still producing a little bit of revenue, which is, uh, which is pretty crazy. So. Yeah. That's a term also used in podcasting, evergreen content, meaning, you know, looks like a tree stays green all the time. Your content isn't, uh, isn't a specific time that people can learn or, or enjoy it at any time. So right. yeah, those things are, are gold because, uh, you do that once it's like, uh, writing a software program and selling it a bunch of times, you know, you're not doing more work, uh, right. especially cause it, the, the content is just uh, viewed on online. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I guess it would be easy to say that the YouTube revenue is what has enabled you that in your retirement and your wife working, God bless her, uh, is, uh, is what has uh, been able to put you where you are here. Uh, oh, I'm, I was going to ask you earlier. So with your, your son uh, joining uh, the Navy, you lost part of your film crew. i did he's actually uh he's actually stationed locally now uh he was gone in okinawa for a couple years uh but he's actually leaving in like two weeks to deploy again so i'll lose him but my and my other son is up in northern california my oldest is up in northern california uh and he he's not able to help me and my other one he's he's working full-time and he's got a girlfriend so really 
it's my wife and I uh, doing a lot of the work. So it's always nice to have somebody else with me, whether it's my son or a wife or a buddy, uh, because it makes filming uh, filming a trail much easier. But, you know, every once in a while, you got to do it by yourself. So. Sure. No, you can do that. But I always enjoy that on the quality of your videos. They were... Um you could tell that it wasn't a, a, a lone guy out with a, a cell phone trying to record something. Um, and uh, I can't remember, do you do, uh, do you use drone footage? So I used to use drones uh, a lot. And then uh, two years ago, the uh, FAA came out with a regulation requiring you to get what's called a, um, a Pilots 107 license if right. you're going to use it commercially. And so I actually uh, was studying yesterday. Uh, I'm finally going to uh, pull the trigger and just get that 107 so I can start using drones again. So I, I used to use them all the time. It's a great tool. Uh, I think I think it can be a little overdone, though. You don't want yes. too much drone stuff. Um, and so the, my goal is just to uh, sprinkle it in from time to time. But I, I got I to gotta take that test. And I'm not, honestly, I'm a little apprehensive about it because there's a lot of information you need to know for that. Yeah, it's, it seems really silly. It's almost like a big speed bump to, the, for the, the government, federal government to be able to control uh, the drones uh, that are used, and I think it's I think it's really silly. Um, so yeah, I was going to ask about that. I mean, I think drones are really good for for uh, B roll. I think Matt at uh, Off Roads Towing, Matt's Off Road Towing, they use it a lot for B roll. And of course, in Utah, good lord, yes, please. Uh, but you get a good overview of uh, of where the 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 what's where the areas that they're they're at and the, what's going on with it. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to do the same thing. I don't have an expensive drone. I got one of the, the really cheap ones, but I haven't gone through that, uh, that part 107 or whatever it is thing yet to, to be able to do that. Although we, yeah. we do have a lister that does that for a living, uh, in his job. And I just say, Oh, here, take the controls, man. Like when we go to these, uh, these events, like we're going to have in June. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I love the drone footage. You know, when we started filming in the beginning, we were using our phone and then just a GoPro and, and we, you know, we've increased our camera gear over the years but what i find is it's it's important to get you know different different shots along the way but the most important thing i think is the story oh absolutely um, telling a good story uh you can you know as long as you tell a good story um you know you can goof around with uh, with some not so great shots as long as people are engaged in what you're doing so i often uh, comment on this and you've probably heard it before too do you feel like you're killing uh, your children when you edit the videos because it is you know you just love that video but you know the attention needs to be you know that needs to be shortened up it needs to you know keep the interest uh, going and you're just cutting all this stuff and you'll never see it again and it's, oh, yeah. i'm so sorry <laughs> that, that's sometimes the hardest part is when you're with, with your when you're with a group of friends and you're going through you know a really cool obstacle and everybody's getting flexy and they're banging stuff or whatever and, you know, it might take you 20 minutes to get through that obstacle. Well, I'm only going to use 30 seconds uh -huh. of that footage, which means not everybody's vehicle is going to make the, you know, going to make the cut. And it's kind of a bummer sometimes because it's like, oh, well, my vehicle went through. I'm like, yeah, no, man, we didn't need to see the same shot over and over and over again. So, <laughs> so for fun, after a particularly uh, hard uh, uh, pass uh, through there, do you actually say, oh, I missed that shot? Could you, could you go back and do it again, please? <laughs> Oh, I've done that before. Thought, oh, I forgot to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you know, that. we don't we don't do retakes. What, I mean, maybe once in a blue moon, if it was just something really epic, we'll do it. But normally, if I don't get the shot, we just keep on moving because at the end of the day, uh, we want to just enjoy the trip and the adventure. And filming it is really the secondary thing. And and I'll, I'll try to stop and get the shot. But if we don't get it, the goal is to keep going to where we're going and we'll just, you know, we'll make up for it later. Oh, I like that. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. So first and foremost, we're out here to do Jeep things and Jeeps and uh, the video is secondary. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's always been that way. You know, when we first started, we were we wanted to go have an adventure and we were just like, yeah, let's just film what we film along the way and share that with folks. And it's it's still kind of the same thing. I, I have I have an idea. I'm a little more planned out before uh, before I start than I was way back when. So I kind of already know in my head, you know, what I want to capture and what the storyline should be about. Uh, and so I, I know that in advance. But if if we, you know, we like we're driving, you know, across a bridge over a river in the forest or something, and and I, and I, it's a great shot, and it, you know, the camera goofs up or the gimbal goofs up, or I forget to hit record. It all this has happened at some point, you know. Of course, it wasn't in focus or whatever. We'll just, you know, we'll just keep moving on. So, so if somebody uh, and we have a lot of uh, fledging fledgling YouTubers out there uh, that uh, take their their vehicles off road, what do you think? And, and perhaps this is where you were when you first started with this. What do you think the the, the biggest mistake of uh, doing YouTube videos, off road YouTube videos, is? What what should they focus on? They they should focus on talking to their audience. Um, that building a relationship with the people that are watching your video is so important. You know, yeah. I can say when we, in the beginning, our videos were Jeeps driving down the trail and some awful music played. And I don't, and, and, free. and some awful free music. <laughs> it was, it was free. That's why it was awful. Uh, but I, I didn't really talk on camera. People didn't know who I was or where we were going and what was happening. And so I realized at some point when I started, you know, having a conversation and, and, talking to people about what we were doing and who I am and my family. And they, they built this relationship with us. And um, I think if you're starting out, that's the first thing I would do is don't be afraid to get in front of the camera and, and talk, talk to them, show, show them where you're going, show them what you're doing, uh, but have a conversation with your audience because they want to know who you are. And, uh, and that's when you're going to, you know, you're going to build a great relationship. You know, I, there's lots of people that like, uh, watching my channel that maybe they don't like watching another channel uh, because of personalities and, and vice versa. There's people that watch other channels that uh, they like, but maybe they just don't relate with me on a personal level. And exactly. so there, there, there's, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole genre of off-road and overlanding and Jeep um, of YouTubers out there. And some people gravitate to one or the other. And that's what I tell people starting out. I'm like, you don't know uh, what, what kind of audience you could end up having because people may just really relate with you. Yeah, I often tell uh, the the other hosts on the show, you know, our numbers may not be uh, Brad numbers or anything like that, but it, if you just think about if we could just get one percent of the seven billion people on the planet watching our show, and you think about that, one percent would be just a, a a small fraction of the population, but you would be huge. You'd be bigger than Michael Jackson was. So it, it's it's really just a numbers game, and you don't. And, and don't uh, feel like you need to be somebody else. Be yourself because people are going to resonate. Some people are going to resonate with you and some aren't. You know, it, it just crossed my mind. We haven't really had any uh, any problems with uh, uh, naysayers or people that just hated us. So we don't really get a lot of hate mail. How do you do on that? I mean, you're much bigger. Do you run across people just giving you a hard time? Yeah, it's it's the nature of the beast. In the beginning, when I was smaller, it wasn't. Uh, but the the bigger you get, the the more attraction you have. And mm -hmm. sometimes somebody will, you know, who knows what, where they are at, or you know uh, what they're. Some people are just angry. Mm -hmm. um, I think that some people are just mad about anything, and they're just going to put negative comments out there. The the thing that uh, that I appreciate is that you know I sit down in the morning. And, I, and I'll usually spend about an hour. I go through like a cup of coffee and I'll just try to respond and read as many comments as I can. Oh, isn't and, it wonderful that people take the time to write? Yeah. I love yeah, that. It, and, and, I, and I do my best to take the time to read them all and at, exactly. least, at least put a little heart on there. I may not respond to every single one I try, 
Uh, but you know, you, you read 99 of them and they're all, you know, they're, they're great. Uh, you're hearing people about the, you know, their adventure stories or they just appreciate the video and you're super thankful. And then there's that one, uh, yeah. that one comment, you know, and it just gets under your skin and, and look, I, I I'm an old salty military, uh, retired master <laughs> chief and, and I, and I can shrug things off pretty good, but sometimes they just get under your skin a little bit. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it's unavoidable in the, in the YouTube platform and social media platform that, you know, there's just going to be people that are angry about, uh, about whatever, and they're not going to appreciate you. And yeah, I, I try to, I try to shake it off. So, uh, we, and, and this hasn't happened very often, but it, uh, and it just dawned on me that, and then I bet you this is what you get too. It's kind of like, uh, the, the, who are you, uh, mm -hmm. comments like, who are you? I got a lot. I got m much more information about Jeeps than you do. Who are you? I said, well, oh, yeah. I'm the guy doing the podcast. I'm the one that's taking the risk of getting, putting my face out there or voice out there and talking about these things. So, you know, and, but I think that everybody should get on social media. I mean, the, it's so easy. TikTok. I mean, you can do videos, you can talk, you can, you can do your own podcast. You can do your own YouTube channel, get out there and do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's not just knowing how to do the things. And going out and doing it, there's a lot of experience that you've learned. So you were saying that you could pretty well plan out the shots now. Well, that's the experience because you you have a good idea of what the editing, what you need for editing, and how to put it together. And sure. it, you ain't getting any younger. Start it now. If you if you guys really want to get into this, get into it. There's there's plenty of people out there. Like I mentioned before, there's seven billion people that can watch what you're doing. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's there's plenty of opportunities. Uh, in this genre and in others that uh, if somebody wanted to start a YouTube channel, I, I would say do it. And uh, and that's the hardest part, I think, uh, for a lot of folks is the doing it. Uh, because once you start going getting into it, it, it is work. You have to be consistent um, and, and you'll find out pretty quick whether or not this is something you want to do uh, as a hobby or you want to try to really make this a career. Uh, you got you to put the work in. Um, and, and it'll pay off eventually. It just takes time. Yeah, it, it's some, at some uh, level, it will pay off. And, and you don't know. It may be the biggest thing that, and, and you just said, I'll try this. I'm sure when you started this, you weren't thinking, well, I'm going to have a half million followers. And then when, once I get there, I'll, I'll know that I've made, uh, I've, I've gone where I wanted to go. You're just doing what you enjoy and, and learning as you go as far as what people like and giving them more, more of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like when the very first video that my son was filming, I mean, we we were just kind of goofing around, and I was just like, "Yeah, let's just do that every time we go out." It wasn't there was no thought about oh, let's make this grand YouTube channel and have this driveway full of vehicles and you know get to talk to cool people on podcasts. There was none of that uh, thought uh, way back when. So. It was a great great family thing too, because you were doing things for your kids. It's almost like having a business uh, where your your children are involved in your business, which I think so many people. Uh, uh, as a father, you would love to have a business that you could turn over to your kids and say, yeah, I started that and, and turned it over. I mean, Tom Woods has done that with uh, with his son, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I uh, being in the military for 26 years, I was gone a lot and deployed a lot. And uh, uh, I didn't think about it. And that. so there's a lot that I missed, you know, with my kids. And so uh, the, the this off-roading adventure was, you know, it didn't really replace anything, but it was an opportunity for us to make some new memories that we didn't uh, get to do when they were younger. And so that's that's been a really big blessing for me um, about doing this is, you know, my, my boys enjoy coming out and, and spending time with me in a, in a, you know, at a camp or a, in an off-road trail. And I'm blessed that they wanted to do that because. Uh, oh, very much so. Yeah. We didn't always get to do that when they were younger. So Yeah. And it's great that they, they did have time for you. I mean, I'm thinking cats in the cradle and starting to tear up here. You know, you could have been in that situation where they just didn't have any time for you. So that's great that that worked out that way. And it's, it's, and it's damned interesting too, that it was your, your, uh, and, and forgive me, Jeep obsession that, 
pulled your family closer together. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, that I sold I sold a Mustang uh, because uh, for two reasons. One, uh, when I would go pick up the boys uh, from football practice, and they would have to climb in the back <laughs> seat of a a little Mustang, and I was like, "Well, this sucks. We're not going to do this anymore." Uh, and I, and we had been, you know, we had ATVs and dirt bikes. Um, but we weren't going to the same place all the time and we weren't getting to see new stuff. And I was like, all right, let me get a Jeep. Uh, let's, let's go one, be able to pick them up and be comfortable. And two, then we can just go cool, have some cool adventures and go have some great places. And that was, that was kind of how it all started really for us. Uh, it was all about the boys. So it wasn't a 65 Mustang, was it? No, it wasn't. I, I've actually had a couple of Mustangs, but uh, that, that one I think was a 2012, I think is what it was. My mom and dad bought her a brand new 1965 red Mustang mm. and they sold it to the neighbor for $550 <laughs> two years before I started driving. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would have totaled it, but still, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I I was just hoping you weren't going to say it was a '65 Mustang. <laughs> no, no. I you know I had a lot of cars uh, before I bought the before I got into Jeeps and off roading. I and then the one that I wish I still had was a '72 uh, Firebird. I, that was probably my favorite car I've ever owned. It was it was an amazing vehicle. Yeah, the late '60s, early '70s were were pretty cool vehicles, and that might have been early enough in '70s where before they they screwed everything up with the uh, uh, the uh, not anti smog. What am I trying to think of the pollution stuff? Yeah, they really yeah, screwed it, things up. It, it, I think seventy was the peak year for the Firebird. That yeah, seventy three was then things just fell off a cliff. So seventy two was still okay. Did they have forced air induction on the Firebirds at that time, or did that come later? Uh, no. Well, so mine did not. Um, I always thought that was really cool. I wanted well, a Firebird that, with that on it. Yeah, mine didn't have that. Mine was just a little plain Jane uh, mm-hmm. uh, Firebird, but. Man, I just I just love driving that. Thing. Well, that was just a few years wow. before Smokey and the Bandit, and then you know the, that Firebird, uh, right. the, the Grand. Uh, God, I can't even remember what it's called now. The well, anyway, the one they used in the Smokey and the Bandit. Of course, that was just a, a, a fancier Trans Am. Uh, that was right. just a fancier uh, uh, Firebird. So yeah, Firebirds were cool. Yeah. All right. Well, getting off. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a. I'm a. Uh, I, I'm sure not to the level you are, but uh, I had a '72 Nova and. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, the, the put a three twenty seven in it. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. And, and, and truth be told, and I've mentioned this before. I got out of uh, cars because I don't fear going fast. I love going fast. I wasn't going to die, but somebody else was going to. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when fine. you're eighteen, you're not going to die. So yeah. I got into trucks, which led me into four wheel drives and jeeps. So yeah, yeah. and uh, it sounds like you don't have a car. When was the last time you had a car? Um. Yeah, uh, the Bronco. I, I guess the Bronco would be your your. <laughs> <laughs> Bronco. Yeah, but you know what? Now I have a now I have a hot rod in the garage because this three ninety two is like having a Mustang, uh, which is amazing. I am, uh, man. I'll tell you what. What a vehicle! What a vehicle the three ninety two is. They sound great. I went to an off roading class and uh, I got to hear one, and it sounded wonderful. And uh, and I assumed it was stock. I didn't ask the guy if it was still stock. Uh, I just pointed out that his uh, the cap said fuel, and I said this is what you do need to do a lot of with this 392. <laughs> and uh, but it sounded great. Does does it sound? I mean, very V8 throaty from the factory. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. it sounds really good, and it's got you know it's got the what they call the performance button where it opens up the exhaust if you want it a little bit louder. And so that's that's really nice. I, I did install a Magnaflow exhaust, and it still allows me to push that button, so it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, you know, I, I saw recently uh, that they ha- now have electronic, and I'm sure they've had them for a while, but that they now have electronic, um, you know, like if you were going to open your headers up and you drop the collectors so that you could get, you know, the full exhaust flow, they've mm-hmm. got it that you can press a button and do that. And yeah. I thought to myself, oh, my God, that would have been great for the Nova. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, I mean, I know it's not a, a go-fast vehicle, but any any thoughts on performance modifications for your 392? I mean, I know it's new, and you don't want to trash it out too too soon, but. I, I, I got to tell you, it it's faster than my – I had a Mustang GT. It, it, this is faster than that was, right? Um I don't, I don't feel a need right now to do any performance updates now, maybe later on, uh, but it's, it's on 37s. Uh, it just, I just have a little bit of lift on there to give clearance to that tires and you step on the gas and this thing hauls and, and it's on 37. Isn't it so, cool from the, the late sixties and seventies where you were, you know, really excited about 300 horsepower and yeah. now what they're, what they're doing in technology. It's, it's really, really a lot of fun. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I don't know how long uh, the 392 is going to be around, but I think yeah. if somebody interested in getting one, they really shouldn't wait because I don't think it's going to be around much longer. It is, it's the most fun I've ever had in a Jeep uh, by far. Well, you know, with the hurricane coming out, uh, kind of almost the resurgence of the straight six, like the 4.0 uh, that uh, was so popular and, and such a legendary engine, it sounds like it might be replacing uh, the V8s in, uh, in Jeeps. Um, have you considered, and you maybe, maybe you've already uh, gone through this and said, no, I'm not going to do that, but have you considered maybe uh, uh, another Gladiator and putting a 392 in it? I think the, the, the audience would love to see that. I, I actually would be down for another Gladiator. I think it would be fun. You know, when I, when I, especially if it had some horsepower, that would be awesome. Yeah. When I, when I got my Gladiator, there wasn't a lot of aftermarket support for it. It was very, uh, there were very few choices. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of had to, you know, just take what I could get when I was building that thing up. And so it would be cool. Now there's so much more yeah. available. And so it would be fun to do a, would be fun to do another gladiator build one of these days. Maybe, maybe if they throw one of those hurricane motors in there, what are they saying? Like with the with the high output, maybe five hundred horsepower. Oh, that, that that's could be, amazing! Yes, that could be fun. That could be fun. So, have you seen the the short bed with the the, the wonderful departure angle uh, from Motobuilt? Uh, I've seen a few of them that have been bobbed like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, a either a hurricane or a 392. With that, I mean, now you got a off, a really off-road capable vehicle. I mean, it's it, don't get me wrong, the Gladiator is capable now, but that departure angle—if you had the right departure angle—oh my God, that would just be wonderful. Yeah, especially in a place like Moab, where you, having that long wheelbase is a, an advantage. But getting rid of that, uh, getting rid of that departure angle, you can just crawl up anything and not have to worry about it. It would be awesome, and having that much horsepower. Yeah, I, I might be in for something like that. Uh-oh, I may have started something here, guys. <laughs> but it's, it's easy. Brad, Brad's easy on that because it's, it's Jeep. So. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't twist my arm very hard. <laughs> well, Brad, I want to thank you for being here. You know how the kids love the social media, uh, and I, I was just checking to make sure I was following you on, or the Jeep Talk Show was following you on, uh, on TikTok, uh, or as I like to say, Tic Tac. Uh, and, and I see you there. Uh, oh, I see you're cooking something. Tuna and pineapple is uh, is what I'm seeing. I don't think that's a pizza because I'd have to I'd have to really complain if that was pizza you were making. Uh, Marco's tacos. <laughs> so uh, we know you're on uh, TikTok. We know you're on uh, YouTube. Just uh, do a search for Trail Recon if you're not already. Uh, I suspect that if you go over there and do a search for Trail Recon, it'll say, "Oh, I'm already following Trail Recon" because so many people are. But where else can people find you? Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram and uh, trailrecon.com as well. 
Oh, I didn't know about the website. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I would imagine, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but uh, for my, my myself personally, if I'm listening to a podcast, I don't really go to their website that much. There's, mm-hmm. It's really difficult, I think, to entice people to a website when really you're known for either the videos like you do or the audio that, that we put out. So uh, do you see much traffic on your website? Well, we just, uh, we just relaunched a website uh, this last year where we now have uh, a lot of products that we're using. And so people see what we're using when we're out on the trails. And, uh, and now it's a pl- an opportunity for them just to go. Uh, to, if there's something they see what we're using, they can go to our store and use it. So we are actually doing pretty well with the store. Are you, uh, are you pushing that in your, uh, in your videos or do they just happen to find out about it? Uh, no, we're definitely talking about it in the videos. Uh, usually, you know, one of those last things. Hey, make sure you subscribe and uh, and go check us out at trailrecon.com. So, do you, do you so. hate do you hate saying subscribe and ring that bell? Yeah, you know, I kind of <laughs> I started getting away from it a little bit. I think people just know if you're on YouTube and you want to subscribe to somebody, you know. Uh, but sometimes it's just that little call to action might just give them that reminder. It's important. So, uh, I think yeah. I heard that you have to ask a, a listener ten or a viewer ten times before they'll remember or take action on it. So. Uh, the, and don't blame us. It's you people. It's, you're the ones that we have to keep telling. If we just had to tell you once, you know, clean up your room and it got taken care of, we, we, we'd be happy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Brad, thank you so much for, for being here. And I'm going to say for the third time, I'm remembering two times before, but I'll have to go back and listen to those episodes. And if uh, if you guys weren't keeping track, that was uh, episode 402 and 372. You know, it's a shame this isn't a two. Mm. But maybe it will be. We'll see. Brad, yeah. thank you a lot for making time for us tonight, and I uh, hope, uh, hope to see you do a lot more interesting things and something uh, other than Fords. <laughs> oh, right on, man. Well, thanks for having me on the show, and I'm definitely going to have to go back and listen to both those podcasts, and, uh, and I look forward to being on the show again sometime in the future. Take thank, care. Thank you. You know, it's always great to have Brad on the show. Brad has come a long way from his beginnings on YouTube. Trail Recon is now an online store, trailrecon.com where you can purchase many of the items they use in their videos. I mean, just looking at their site, they have little drop-downs for kitchen, shelter, camping gear, recovery, and that's about half of what they've got on there. You know, uh, Chris, we live in a world for uh, where people are hungry for adventure, and we're happy to be part of it. Absolutely. Uh, we'd like to have a nice little store like, uh, uh, like Brad has there, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> It was really, it was really cool. I was just uh, checking it out today, and uh, I knew he had a store, uh, but I didn't realize uh, what, uh, what all he had on there. You know, he's got Bubba ropes uh, for the uh, the recovery ropes on his site, so you could buy uh, the Bubba ropes uh, there off of his site. Okay, yeah, he's, he does have quite a comprehensive uh, site storage electronics, oh, and uh, I have no doubt it's a lot of the stuff he's used in his videos and uh, on the trail. He has a nice mix of uh, uh, trail uh, videos, and they're good trail videos, which requires a lot of uh, thought and testing and good editing to make a trail video uh, interesting. I've said it before. I'll say it again. A dash cam video is not a trail video. (laughs) I mean, it's fine if the uh, Jeep comes rolling down Black Bear in front of you, then the dash cam video is great. But that's a momentary, momentary thing. But trail videos, unless you're on the trail... It's generally not very interesting. I, I agree. I agree. And uh, there's so many of them out there. And Brad does a great job. I watched uh, many of his videos. And uh, one of the more recent ones I watched, they were set up camp and they were on a mountain and it was just too windy. And then they broke camp and it was real. I mean, they, they said, hey, we got we got to move. This isn't going to be a, a fun night. And they moved out and it was just really get a feel for what to do. And you can learn. For me, you can learn what, you know, what, what, uh, 
uh, you know, what you might need to do in a trip and it might not all work out. And then they show that it's not, uh, mm-hmm. it's not like, uh, oh, this all went well. And then it's, it's a real, obviously real, real video, uh, which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, well, we get spoiled from seeing the, the things we see on TV and in movies and cause there's a lot of time and effort put into that stuff and sometimes money, uh, for, uh, like special effects and stuff. So anytime you, uh, you see a good video on YouTube, somebody's gone through a lot of effort. Uh, I think Josh was actually uh, saying that uh, 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 Brad has spent all this money on equipment and stuff. I don't think he has. I think he has maybe a drone and some uh, some good high-end uh, cameras uh, that, uh, that he uses. Because really, it's more about uh, thinking about the shot. And then even if you don't think about the shot, editing things, uh, uh, the shots in that are very interesting. Uh, and he and he does a really good job at that. So if you guys haven't checked out uh, Trail Recon and you're not one of the 500,000 that has already subscribed, yes, 507,000 I think is what I saw just the other day. Uh, just phenomenal. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a YouTube success story. Do you have an idea for a guest? You work in the off-road industry or know someone who does? Or maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. And coming up next week, episode 701, Matt Dinelli. And I'm hoping that's right, Dinelli. Attitudeperformance.com. That was a fun interview, Chris. Uh, Matt does, um, well... He's he gets to have fun for a living. He gets to put uh, lifts and do things to people's vehicles, not just Jeeps too, but uh, all kinds of vehicles. And it, it makes their vehicle uh, more fun, uh, personalizes it, if you will, and makes it capable off-road. Yes, and he's uh, even doing some SEMA builds or has done some SEMA builds too. So it's very, uh, very, you know, neat, neat shop he's got out there. And I believe he's in your area, isn't he? Uh, he's in the Illinois area, so oh, he's okay. a few hours west of me. Well, those but, states uh, are so little, that it's just right next door, right? <laughs> exactly. Like Texas. I mean, it's just, you know, you're in Texas, I'm in Texas. Yeah, we're probably neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Separated by eight to ten hours. Right. <laughs> it's very easy to sign up for our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you'll find a link to click and sign up. And don't worry, it's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show we have for you now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure and check out some of our uh, our, our videos, recent videos on uh, Instagram. Uh, we have one uh, that was put up there recently that just shows you a mere fragment of the interview guests that we've had, and it's it's nowhere near the amount of guest interviews that we've done. So uh, you can see what you've missed. And, uh, and continue, be encouraged to look because there's going to be some in there that uh, aren't listed and were great interviews. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Podcasting since 2010.